Welcome to the Great Updraft podcast where we talk about profound personal development. I'm your host Ross Edwards, founder of thegreatupdraft.com. I'm here with a special guest tonight and we actually know one another because she's my girlfriend and her name is Ines. Ines is pretty amazing, I'm not just saying that because she's my other half, but Ines does some really amazing stuff with gardens and today we're going to talk about her spiritual life, her life purpose, her current projects and how all of this stuff links together. So, holiness. Hello. I just want to start by asking, I'm not going to ask what your job is or what you do, what you do, you know, the question, what do you do? I'm going to ask more, what is your life about and what is your purpose? Because I feel like when I see other people and I compare them to you, I kind of feel like they they don't have that sense of drive and that sense of that their work actually is for a bigger purpose. I feel like you're very connected to it. Well, first of all, I think that's a really deep question and you don't really get asked too much about what is your life about in that more wider sense. I have kind of tried to understand the things that I like and the things that I've been doing since I was small, um, the family that I had or that I have and all of that has helped me to realize that my life there is something very connected with nature, with plants and also with creativity and I think again understanding myself more and um, noticing the things that I was more drawn to since I was small that has helped me a lot to be where I am today which is um, designing gardens to feel that you're connected with that on a day-to-day basis as you earn money as you do your ordinary day job and as you go about your other design projects do you feel like that all comes through um, I think it's slowly becoming more aligned with who I am obviously I'm still young and I'm still um, facing my own insecurities and fears and that also shows in my career as well Um, I try to be very aware of myself every day and I think every day you can notice small things about yourself that help you in your growth if that if that is not too general, I guess a, a a thing that I notice in your gardens, particularly the ones that you design for yourself, that you design yourself at the Gardens of Eden. There'll be a link in the descri- description to the website where you can see all the gardens that Ines designs. These are original projects, and I guess a theme in them is spirituality. And. You can see that in the name, you can see that in the design, and you can see that the whole thing is sort of tied together by a kind of, some kind of spiritual idea or concept or practice or a state of awareness that you're trying to induce in people when they go to the garden. And I guess that's why I wanted to talk about your spiritual life, because it's, to me, when I see your spiritual life, I think of it as something that, it's not a traditional religious life, you know, you're not, following every word the Bible says or whatever your favourite holy book 
and um, feels like it's got postmodern and even beyond those sort of themes in it. So I just want to go back a little bit and talk about your childhood and your upbringing. Did you have much of a religious or spiritual life back then? Um, um, I mean, my family, <clears throat> is, well, my country is sort of religious. So when you, there's like a tradition of going to the church, um, getting baptized, um, doing the communion, if that's how you say it. You're from Spain. Yes. Um, so I was brought up with that, like having to go to the church. Um, my mom is from a small town or a small village where religion is it's more of a tradition rather than actually something that you live in your, in your life. It's mm. more of something that is there in the background and festivities and bank holidays um, have a very religious root but nobody really paid much attention to that. So, yes, I was sort of connected to religion, but I didn't understand anything, really. I remember going to the church, and I remember thinking that everything was very creepy. And looking at the Christ crying and all these things, and I used to think that the worst scenario for me would be to have to, I think I've told you this already, having to sleep in a church at night. As far as I can remember, I don't think I had a figure that I can relate to that had a spiritual life that I thought was meaningful. Mm-hmm. So at any point did you, when you went to the church, I'm guessing you were hearing the priest mm-hmm. reading the Bible and singing hymns and stuff like that. Did you ever feel like God meant anything to you that you had a sort of connection in any way did you feel did you when you went away from church did you live it at all no no so you never did you not feel mm-hmm. and never caught on really no I think the, the the biggest connection I could have with religion was maybe or maybe with the spirituality it was more that I used to really like everything related to magic or everything that was a bit of on of the I'm not gonna say paranormal world but things that were not yeah kind of like I've always been very dreamy and I think that's in a way how everything started for me um I was kind of not in many ways I wasn't very connected to my parents because of the way they were looking at the world and that made me react against that and try to find something else, like a, a different way of looking at the world, a different perspective. Hmm. Well, I can see that in your gardens, certainly. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're saying in your childhood you never had any connection even though you, you did all the rituals and you went on a Sunday or, and you went on... Christmas Day and whatnot to the church. No. You never felt any kind of connection. I think you are too young. I don't know when, as a, as a child, you can start to feel a connection with God. 
in a way that you can understand? That makes me wonder, because faith is actually something, this is what my last podcast was about this, is that faith is something we all have at all points in our life. It just goes through phases and it's not always a religious faith. It's not always associated with God or a specific doctrine or whatever. It's more like our way of understanding the world and understand why we're here. And that basically gets us up in the morning and it stops us from becoming nihilistic and whatnot. It gives us a sense of purpose. So I would say that children are capable of it, but yeah, probably nowadays less so because religion in that sense, in the fundamentalist way, is very much dying out. I think the issue is that it's very superficial. Like the way you see religion or the way I saw religion was very superficial. It was, as you said, like people singing, people going to church. But I did I I never had a figure of somebody who actually took some of the values mm. and lived that apart from the priest, maybe. Mm. And he was like kind of like a let's say a weird person because he had his life was that so obviously you you kind of expect that from a priest but I think because it's sometimes it's a bit very old-fashioned I think it's very hard for people to relate and to actually get the values from it like oh you have to be good you have to you cannot tell lies but it's it's said I think it's too um I don't know it's not realistic and it's not it's not people sometimes unless you have a really good priest which there are really good ones um people don't really I think people well I mean I'm not a super religious person but I think it's hard for people to relate to those things hmm. so no I think yeah I think my connection was more with nature rather than religion I think that's where the spirituality um I think that my, my my earliest link with what I do now is more from the nature side than mm. from the um spiritual side. I think the spiritual side came after. Well, I I think no, it came after when I was like 19 or 20 18, 17. So for I just remember when I was in high school, I didn't have a religious upbringing and uh I never really suspected there was any higher power, quote-unquote, higher power. Um, And certainly at school, basically, I was obsessed with maths and physics and chemistry and this stuff. And I kind of thought that that was, like, the fundamental... We were studying, like, the fundamental knowledge of reality and life was, like, atoms and maths and quantum physics and all this. That, like, gave you, like, the basis for all of life. Now I have a very different opinion, but I can see that my schooling was very much secular in a good way, but also in a bit of a bad way, sort of brainwashing a little bit and a bit closed and very materialistic in the sense of the world is material and, you know, everything's made of atoms and molecules and we can analyse it all and... There was no even appreciation of like mm, the mystical traditions beyond just like the fundamentalist stuff, the actual deep mystical part. 
And so, yeah, that it's really the same for me until my early 20s. I never really had any connection with a higher power or with God or we can use any kind of name we want. So how did that... How did that happen for you then at the age of 19 or 20? What Can you put it down to a specific moment or a specific time? Was it something gradual or what, what <clears throat> kind of happened to you? I think when I was around 17, I, or even 16, 17, 16, 17, I started to really enjoy philosophy and I started to look for books that... Um, were about things a bit more beyond this world in a way or trying to understand ideas that were a bit more complex and deep, deep ideas and I think that's how it started for me and it was also because I felt like my life was a bit boring or the way that I was living my life was a bit boring and you know like going to the disco meeting with friends going shopping like doing the kind of things that you do when you are a teenager um there was a point where i was feeling that there must be something a bit more interesting than this and i think that also started from there my my search for um new ideas new more than anything new ways of understanding and feeling reality and I guess also I started to smoke marijuana so I think that also helped to enter I'm not saying that you need the marijuana to do that but I think for me at that time experimenting with that also helped to um, yeah connect with something else and experiment with perceiving reality in a more um, magical way. I remember you telling me that you bought the Course in Miracles, which if anyone doesn't know what the Course in Miracles is, it's basically a spiritual exercise book that's kind of, it sounds Christian, you know, it's got that kind of language, but it's, it's very mystical, it's very deep and... Um, there's no myths and tales and stories in it. It's all about direct experience. It's sort of like experiments in consciousness, if you like. And I think Ines bought this at age 21 or so, if I'm right. Maybe a little bit older than that. Mm, no. <clears throat> I think I was 20, 20 I can't remember, in my early 20s. Yeah, I think also something that I have always been interested in is um, illness and why we get ill. And funny enough, the thing that attracted me about The Course in Miracles is it's because it was that there was a section about health and illness. And that was, that was what drawn my attention to that book. And then I, I remember the summer that I was reading that book that I couldn't understand anything. It was like reading something in a different language. And well, that's true, even if you're reading it in your own language. Yeah, it's, I, it's like reading a different language. I bought it and I didn't read it. It was kind of, it stayed there. 
And then at some point I read it again and everything, I think I had read a few more things and then that kind of like started to make a bit more sense. But at the beginning I thought it was a very, very strange book. <laughs> yeah. But you actually went out and bought the book. So what, how did that happen then? Because Usually I- you buy a book. This is where I kind of think there's a bit of, I don't know, a bit of serendipity going on because usually buy books because we like them at first. Mm. And it's like we read it and it sort of resonates. We think, oh yeah, this could, this is going to really... It's never usually something that we don't understand at all. Usually it's like that's the book we put back on the shelf. Yeah. So what? So basically, I had bought, I had bought another book about <clears throat> from Annie Marquier and I didn't like it I had read a book from her before and I thought okay I'm gonna buy another book of hers and her and the one that I bought the second one I didn't like it at all so I went to La Casa del Libro and I was gonna it's like the water stones of Spain yes in the Spanish water stones and <clears throat> I took it back and I had to, to to buy another one. Like, I don't know if they were going to give me back. Like, they were not doing refunds or something. I had to buy another book. And there was The Course of Miracles, and it was the last one, and it was there. And I just... Yeah, there was something that just made me feel... I don't know, I I, I felt attracted to it. And I had I had already heard of it. So it wasn't the first time that I had seen that book. But... I was. I remember looking at it, and I remember that summer that I had some issues with my hair. Like I had like a really big blister or something in my lip. Yeah, made me think a lot about health. So I think that's also why I resonated with that book at that time. Okay, so you think that's one of the big turning points? Because that's one of the things you mentioned to me as being a big turning point. For you. Yeah, I think also I had like a period where I was, yeah, I split with the person that I was at that time. And I think that also made me wanted to go a bit more deeper into why there were things happening to me that I didn't like. And trying to understand what I was attracting to my life at that time. I think that also made me... um go a bit more deeper into my my mind and my life and yeah just to give a bit of context for me before we move on to talking about Ines's um, unique garden projects for me it was really watching videos about society and about the philosophy and about uh, you know the limitations of science and whatnot doing meditation and then ultimately psychedelics, I think. For me, psychedelics showed me something that I, I, I can never go back. And that those experiences have only been made more, or they've sort of been reinforced and confirmed by meditation, although not quite as powerfully, I'll have, I'll have to be honest. But yeah, for me, psych, for me, it was a very clear thing when I was in my early 20s experimenting with psychedelics um, 
that yeah, show me all my previous sort of secular ideas, my rationality and my scientism was all quite ridiculous. And uh, yeah, I think it's quite a common story for people. So if this is kind of a deep question, but it's important so we understand your gardens. What If you were to try and describe what God is to someone, what would you tell them? I think God is, to me, when you really know God, you have got a, you have completely trust in in life. I think for me, God is more of a, or the way as humans can really know God is more about feeling it rather than thinking about what it is as an idea. And I think the feeling is a feeling of peace and trust and a feeling of not wanting to be anywhere else than where you are. And I think the more you live in those states, the more you know God. Mm-hmm. And do you see God? Do you see God around you as well? Yes. Yes. I mean, what is what is God? Well, I'm asking you. That's that's the point. Yeah. I think God is everything. Well, we that's. I think God is, um, well, all of this is God. We are in the in the air of God. I don't know how, how can we explain this? You're in the, we're in the manifestation of God right now. Yeah, it's like um, a soup mm-hmm. or whatever, really, whatever you want to say. It sounds very like general, but I think it's like if, God was dreaming and we were the dream mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. but at the same time we're also dreaming and we're also the gods of those dreams so it's kind of like an eternal never-ending sequence of in and out and I think you can I think that's the beauty of life that you can connect to that from so many different ways you can access to to what you are really from so many different paths. And I think that's something that you understand when you Yeah, when you connect to it. And you can see that other people can also connect to connect to it. But I think that has that needs to happen from a very more like a feeling rather than a mental way. Because then it's when dispute starts because you start to create an image of God that is different to the other person and there cannot be two gods so that's where the fight sometimes I think rise from trying to explain how God is what God wants for you like trying to grasp something that is so difficult to grasp and describe it and impose that I don't think that's that's never gonna really make you feel God in a way because there's a lot of your mental personality getting into the way of of you experiencing it and how's how's this contact how's it changed how you think 
how you relate to yourself because to me it's a very well it's it's really a journey I would say it's not like a one like a a change that happens and it's done and that's it it's really something that evolves and changes but I also think there are some markers for me if I was to describe which I won't what but I can say that it's definitely altered how I relate to myself and how I think who I am and what my whole life is about is very different now how would you if you had to try and summarise that what would you say about that can you repeat like if you say well who is Ines in relation to God for example how would that what would that look like well, I think that's something that I'm still trying to understand and embody. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's not a. There is a a moment in your in your life where you realize that in a way there is two things or two parts inside of you, and it's amazing because this is something that I've probably read hundreds of times and I've never, ever understood or I've, or I've never ever I don't know it, it has never occurred to me as it it happened I can remember a few months ago that I had a very deep realization realization of what it is to not identify with your mind and I think to me that has been like a an infle- point. Yeah, an inflection. Like a point where now I feel like I don't need to read hundreds of more books about self-help or self-development or spirituality. I think I have understood where I need to continue to work now. And it's difficult because now there is no fancy books or beautiful books to read. So would you maybe say there's like the the Ines that is identified with being Ines? Yeah. In the sense of being this little human being doing her thing in the world. Yeah. And suffering, having <laughs> having goals and having fantasies and having worries and desires and all this, the whole human drama. Tell me if I'm wrong, but this is how I feel. Yeah. And then there's a, like the divine Ines. I think I've been I think I have spent many years trying to create a spiritual ego mm-hmm. like trying to tame my mind to have a positive mind to see things in a certain way and that is very good because as we know our personality ego that little voice in our mind is never going to go away so it's good to have a good friend for 70% of the time up there or a, a voice that is helping you. But that voice still is unpredictable and is not really who you are. It's not, it's not who you are. It's like a, a friend that you have up there. And when you realize that and when you can sit yourself in a different place and look at reality from there I think there's 
things that you can accomplish that you have no idea about. And even very practical things as well. It's not all about ooh, magical things. It's like I think there are very practical things that you can accomplish when you observe life and observe your mind rather than identify with it. And when when do you feel most connected to that? Would you say? When do you feel you feel most connected to God? Well, that really ties very well because I think for me when I feel the most connected to God is I think it's when I'm surrounded by people that I love and also when I am in nature. When I I'm looking at the moon, when I'm looking at the sea, when I'm in a relaxed, peaceful way and I'm not worried, I'm not rushing, I'm not trying to do loads of things when I'm just being and I'm in nature. And that is why I try to create with my gardens, really. Spaces where you can do that. Where you can prepare yourself to enter a space that is full of beauty and where you can um, feel yourself and be there and connect with the magic of nature which is yeah I mean you don't need a garden for that you can go to the forest but something that I have noticed with garden is that the intention that we put when we are designing a space has a very powerful outcome and you can do this in a forest but I think as humans there is something about the intention that we put in certain places that has a very powerful energy that we can make make use of and that's what I try to create with my gardens yeah and I just want to ask you a little bit more about the gardens because I feel like there's there's something very special about them it's it's not um there's just something special there that you you never see in many designs um and it's it's like a very pure thing and a very direct thing there's obvious there's an obvious spiritual component in every single one mm-hmm. which is a very which is very rare and i feel like the purpose really shines through rather than the practicality rather than the you know the numbers and the you know the health and safety and whatnot which is obviously important when you design gardens but to me, the purpose really comes through and it has a very powerful impact. So, I don't know, what what is it that inspires you to create these gardens? Because I've, I mean, we've been to many gardens together. I've never seen anything like what you do. Well, that's what inspires me. The fact that I feel that I would love to experience something like that. And there are things that are similar. I get a lot of inspiration from, for example, um, stoneworks, like old burial um, sites from many, 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 many years ago. 
like Stonehenge or any like many others that are not that famous and is that mix of sacredness and contemplation and natural elements that makes like a very powerful synergy that I feel really attracted to and I think that I like to to create these things because I would like to experience them myself mm. so it's kind of like um yeah I think that's quite common right for people that oh I feel that I would love to experience this I'm gonna create it so that's how it is for me like I would love to have like I remember once that I went to London um, and I arrived there very early in the morning because I went on the bus during the night and I was looking for a space where I could relax but in a more sacred way and I remember I found this I think it was a peaceful garden or Nelson Mandela garden I can't remember the name but I, I remember traveling like walking like 40 minutes crossing like the river trying to find this little garden and I found it and yeah I just remember this avenue with white roses and it was it was an amazing little space that it was about peace there were like some stones with the elements and I felt that it was something quite me that garden and it gave me exactly what I tried to create in my gardens is that space where you can go and and just relax and be and the fact that it's a sacred space it means that it's going to be safe it means it's going to be protected by the community people are going to carry it it's not like an ordinary garden it's going to be a space that is going to feel safe that is going to feel um, cared for that people are going to use so they are going to be careful that nobody destroys them or they're going to clean it they're going to maintain it that's what I want to yeah that's the whole idea to create something for people to to enjoy and to care for as well and I think that's another thing like when you go normally to a, a park or a garden sometimes people are they can be part of the maintenance and they can help and they can volunteer which I think is very important but yeah I would like to that to happen in my gardens as well during the gardens that I design, I would like people to be part of the, even of the construction, I would like people to get involved because that's going to make the space even more special for them. Cool. Well, if you'd like to go and see Ness's gardens, head to thegardensofeden.com. I've left links in the description to her work. You can find us on all the major platform platforms for podcasts in the world you can also find me on youtube and also head to my own site the grey updraft the for spirituality meditation and loads of other articles courses and articles on personal development thanks a lot Ines. thank you and we'll see you next time